0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this conference call fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Welcome back to Spiritual Strength Presents Catholic Wrestlers. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast spiritual coach from Spiritual Strength and from Wrestling Mindset. bringing to you Catholic wrestlers. Remember, a Catholic wrestler, a wrestler for Christ, needs to do three things. We need to know the way, show the way, and go the way. First and foremost, I want to make the point that we are people of hope. We are a resurrection people. We're a people of great joy and optimism, and not optimism and positivity in the sense that the culture brings up, but optimism and positive and positivity in the Catholic sense, joy, hope. In other words, not just false expectations or airy-fairy, hey, I believe in myself, and I think things will work out, and let's let's all be positive. Not in that sense, but in the sense of joy and hope. And even during times of great difficulty and suffering, knowing that the Holy Spirit always is there guiding the church, and the Holy Spirit is always there guiding us. It's our responsibility to be open, to be docile instruments in the hands of the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother who always works in union with the Holy Spirit, guiding us. So it's our job to discern what God's will is for us, no matter how difficult of a situation we might ever find ourselves in, no matter how difficult a situation our church may ever find yourself in, the Holy Spirit will always lead us out. And we can be sure that, as we know, St. Paul says, God is working all things together for the good of those who believe in him. We know that the Holy Spirit is always leading us to a better tomorrow. And if God permits anything to happen, it's because he knows we can come out the other end of it better. I want to start with that just to remind us all, we're people of hope, because today we're getting into kind of a tough topic. And I see a lot of Catholic social media pages where, you know, a lot of times after you watch those shows, you don't feel very good. Not that it's always about feeling good, but we never want to have a, a gloom and doom pessimism. We always want to be a people of joy and of hope. That being said, sometimes we do need to go through some tough issues. And right now, we're living through a very difficult period of time in our church history. And, you know, dare I even say apocalyptic. Where I could tell you where I live in New York City, actually in the Archdiocese of New York, the Cardinal has made an an official mandate, or at the last Mass that I was at, the the several priests in the Diocese of New York said that this came from the Cardinal, that Catholics, that, that the people are no longer to receive communion on the tongue. And the way the priest posed it to us was, this is more than a request. So basically he's saying it's mandatory that the Cardinal... The Bishop of New York is saying that we cannot receive communion on the tongue. And this really troubled me, because again, most of my life, not knowing any better, I always received Jesus in the hand, sadly. Uh, and then understanding, you know, the greater reality of what's going on and and how particles, how each particle contains the entire body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, understanding this more, and understanding that this is This is not just how we receive ordinary food. This is the bread of heaven. This is the bread from angels, greater than the manna of the desert from the days of old. This is um, obviously entirely the body and blood of Christ, which I never never questioned. But just understanding that there's just a much better way to receive Jesus, a much more reverent way to receive, and that's on my knees and on the tongue, to be fed like a little child is fed by their mother. So we too are fed uh, from the bread from heaven. So this greatly troubled me being, being a person who, at least for the past five years, has always received communion on the tongue. So I started looking into this. And my friends and I, we did some research, and we actually realized that that church leaders cannot mandate this. Okay, so in 2004, there was an official church document from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, Redemptionis Sacramentum, in 2004, and it was signed by Cardinal Renzi, a Cardinal Renzi under the pontificate of Pope St John Paul II saying that saying that the faithful that all Catholics can always receive the Eucharist on the tongue. And right now we've just been issued a mandate in New York City that we are not that we are not allowed to receive on the tongue. So they can't do that. So we're in a situation of a difficult situation because we do want to be obedient we do want to be docile, but this is not a situation that they can uh, canonically, or whatever you want to call it, yeah, canon law, they cannot canonically mandate this, this practice of receiving in the hands of what, what I now know is leaving leaving open a sacrilege, desecrating our Lord. We cough in our hands, we sneeze in our hands. No matter what happens, um, you know, no, we do we do all these things, we, we do all these things with, with our hands, and and we and we shouldn't be we shouldn't have to receive Jesus in our hands. It shouldn't even be allowed in fact, it was never off the table that receiving Jesus on the knees and on the tongue is still on the books, the preferred way of receiving Jesus, and it's a dispensation that we're even allowed to to receive' I learned more about an option that I decline every time. Receiving, my hands are standing up. Only time I'm standing up. Sometimes when I'm holding my son, I don't. I don't go down to my knees. I, I, you know, receive Jesus standing up. But I'm. But on my tongue, and if we don't, and if we don't kneel, we're we're actually mandated to make some kind of reverent posture, a bow, a genuflection, something to acknowledge the true presence of Christ. I mean, think about it. Saint Paul says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Uh, January was the month of the holy name of Jesus, and one of the things I spoke about is every time we hear His holy name. We should bow our heads reverently. Also, when we hear the name of the Blessed Mother, when we hear the name Mary, our head should bow. And also, whenever we hear the Holy Trinity mentioned together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our heads should bow. That's why during Glory Be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, our heads all bow. And the same thing when we hear the names of Jesus or Mary, our head should bow. So if at the name of Jesus every, name should bow, every knee should bow, what should we do when we're actually in His physical presence, His physical, substantial presence in the Blessed Sacrament? So we don't want to receive Jesus anyway. So the way a lot of times we we look at things is, what are we allowed to do? A lot of times they ask that question. Well, what are we allowed to do? What does the church permit us to do? And then looking back now, that's that's a bad question. The question should be, what's the best way to glorify the Lord? What is the best way to love the Lord? What's the best way to to give Him glory? that's the question we should be asking and if I know the best way to give God glory is to receive him on my tongue and on my knees then that's what I should do not what does the church allow me to get away with right I mean think about that any relationship any friendship what the bad question would be what's the minimum I could do without them getting mad at me what's the what's the most I could get away with that they'll accept that's a horrible question that's a selfish question as Christians shame on us for doing that we all do it from time to time so we're all guilty But the question to ask is, what's the most reverence I could give? How could I love you the most? How could I love God the most? And how could I love my neighbor the most? That's reception of communion on the tongue and on the knees. And and as we know, again, from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, official church document, Redemptionis Sacramentum, 2004, under the pontificate of Pope John Paul II, uh, presided over by Cardinal Renzi, we can always receive on the tongue. So, I haven't been receiving the Eucharist. I, I still recommend attending Mass daily. Make spiritual communions. Okay, make spiritual communions. And thinking about it like this, a lot of times, you know, for the daily communicants out there, we we, we get we get um, spoiled sometimes always receiving our Blessed Lord, whereas a lot of the, the older saints, um, years past, um, there were times there was a lot of people who only received our Blessed Lord six times a year. Um so we make spiritual communions. That means um, asking the Lord in, into our heart and, and making these spiritual communions. I know I use the Opus Day formula. I wish my God to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your most holy mother received you, with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. That's an example of a spiritual communion. There's many others. You could Google spiritual communion, how to make that. And even just in your heart, you wish to re- receive Jesus in your heart. Uh, many people say that a good spiritual communion is, is as good as, re- as receiving Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Okay, so people might ask, well, then why do I have to receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament? Because we want to. <laughs> because, of course, we want to receive him. We want to be as close to him as we possibly can. And he said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood is eternal life. Whoever does not will not have eternal life. So, of course, I, I prefer to receive Jesus substantially in the Blessed Sacrament. But until then, it's spiritual communion. Until this ban is lifted, and we should demand, we should ask the question, how will we know? By what metrics are we going to be able to know that now it's okay? Now the church is going to permit us to receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament on the tongue? So I'd like to know when, by what standard, because I don't like the idea of it being all open and saying, okay, well, until the coronavirus passes over, what if they never change it? I know that might sound extreme, but a lot of times that's how these revolutions happen. They happen overnight. And all of a sudden, something, some laws put on the books as an emergency measure, and then it's never changed. So that worries me a little bit. Not worries me in the sense of I know the Lord will provide. I know the, the Lord always provides for his church. But it worries me at a, at a, at a temporal level, at a, at a local level, where, where when are we going to know for sure that it's okay, that, that, that we can now start receiving on the tongue again. So until then, my recommendation is spiritual communions and the traditional Latin mass. I think this is a point in time where all of us have to really get back for those of you that haven't already we need to find local Latin masses because there they don't have a lot of the abuses that that the new mass has and and they're much more strict and they're much more holding to tradition and I think we're at a point in time now where we're gonna have to give we everyone should be giving a real look to going to the Latin mass as frequently as possible and I'm pretty sure right now I've heard so, I've heard um local local uh priests in the area their latin mass uh priests that have said off the record that they said off the record to parishioners that if that if that if um the bishop or cardinal wants them to wants them to um not not keep keep distributing the eucharist on the tongue and on the knees he's gonna have to he's gonna have to pry the ciborium out of his dead hands and that's the kind of attitude that we need we've 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 a priest that's willing to take it all the way there and that's what the church has always done historically uh, during the plague, even during the plague, one-third of Europe was wiped out. Half the priests died. And you know how half the priests died? Half the priests died distributing the sacraments, holy orders, communion. They still administered the Eucharist on the tongue. And people were willing to die. People were willing to die. That's supernatural faith. And that's a lot of times what's lacking in our society. So, And, in fact, Bishop Athanasius Schneider did, just did a great series on 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 distribution distribution reception of the whole Eucharist on the Taylor Marshall show, and he said that you're actually much more likely to get some kind of disease or virus. He's a, a bishop of um, Kazakhstan, so there's a lot more diseases, and you know it's not nearly as developed as as we have here. And and he's lived during the times of the Soviet Union and and, and different things. So he's, there's you know studies have shown that you're much more likely to to get germs by taking something off your hands and putting it in your mouth then you are receiving right on the tongue. Also with extraordinary ministers, now you have more people touching the Eucharist and also a lot of times extraordinary ministers. And I'm not picking on anyone because I, I used to be one um, until I realized the severity of the situation how my hands are not consecrated. So I have no business touching the ciborium. I have no business touching the body of Christ with my hands. And I have no business touching the chalice that holds the precious blood. When a priest is ordained, their hands, their hands are anointed with oil. Meaning their hands are consecrated. So I'm not picking on any any um, extraordinary ministers here, but my recommendation is let's get the extraordinary ministers off the altar. I know a lot of churches what they've been doing is they've stopped the the, um, the passing out of the of the chalice of the precious blood of Christ. That's great. I think that's a great step, and, and and not even from the perspective of of thinking about the coronavirus, but thinking more along the perspective of now Jesus is just a little bit less vulnerable. To spillage right we've seen we've all we, maybe some of you here have seen the the Instagram post of someone of at a, at a certain parish. the precious blood was distributed, the chalice that got bumped, and some of the precious blood was in the carpet. they had to clean the blood of Christ out of the carpet and and four nuns kneeling before the blood that was spilled so that's now that's one less abuse that could happen they don't now that the peace be with be, the peace be with you, the offering of peace. I'm happy to say that they're not they're not doing that anymore in in terms of handshakes. And I'm happy with them getting rid of that altogether in terms of everyone, you know, turning around and greeting each other. And why? You're at the foot of the cross. You're actually at Calvary. We believe that, don't we? Do we really believe that, that at every mass we're actually at Calvary? You know, the song, were you there when they crucified my Lord? We could actually say, yes, we are. Every Mass is a mystical participation in Calvary. You were actually there. Okay, It's not Christ doesn't keep getting sacrificed over and over again. There's one sacrifice, once and for for all, as propitiation for all of our sins. And you're there when you're at the Holy Mass. So Christ is being crucified. Would you be turning to to your neighbors and shaking hands and waving peace at everyone? No, of course we wouldn't. So I'm happy that that's out. I hope they take it a step further and they get the extraordinary ministers off the altar because they got no business touching the sacred vessels or the sacred species, no business. And I had to learn that myself. Like I said, I'm certainly not picking on anyone, but this is something that needs to be resisted. Got to be resisted the right way. We need to ask priests questions. We need to point to the official church documents. That's the beautiful thing about our religion. It's not guesswork that the answers are in writing and you could refer back to those documents. So, it's an important thing. Like I said, I have to. At this point in time, I have to openly say that we're promoting the Latin, the traditional Latin mass. And if you have any near you, or you can always go on Latin mass finders. They have great apps. Um, we have to, if we want to be receiving Jesus on the tongue. A lot of churches have forbid this, which they can't do. You're going to have to find your nearest Latin mass. So we'll leave you with that. Like I said, now, I want us to be. This is a. This is a religion. Our faith is one of hope. Our faith is one of joy. I'm certainly not, I, I don't want to sound uh, negative or anything here. Um, I have to, I have an obligation to speak up here now doing this call with you, but we gotta, we gotta call a spade a spade. We gotta call what it is. And we're, we're, we, we cannot be told that we cannot receive our blessed Lord on, on the tongue. Um, according to the congregation of the doctrine of faith, we'll post that underneath what we can post that for the show notes. Um, we have to resist this, and the way to resist it is through if you're at an English mass a Novus Ordo, let's let's make spiritual communions let's I urge you not to go up there and, and desecrate our, our blessed Lord by receiving him in the hands on um in a in a certainly not in an unworthy manner but just in a, in a in a suboptimal way and I think we all really need to take a serious look at getting at getting into the Latin mass and start going there because like this heroic priest said um so he's just he's just doing his own thing there. Not and certainly no. I don't want to say that he's not doing his own thing. He's following the timeless traditions of the church. He's not being disobedient. It's it's just to to disobey a, a an an immoral order. And right now he simply can't do that, or any priest can't say that. Um, you have a right as a Catholic to receive Jesus on the tongue in the most reverent way possible. So. We're all going to have to take a serious look at, at getting to local Latin Masses. We might need to readjust some of our schedules. We might have to rethink our Sundays and our family commitments. And especially as men, we're going to have to, you know, we might take some heat and everything, but we're going to have to step up for our families. And, you know, we're, we're going to have to, it's got to be handled. we got to make some changes now. So let's, uh, let's get back to the traditional Latin Mass. And let's, let's, like I said, spiritual communions. And if we're at the English Mass, um let's just knock it up let's re, let's receive jesus in our in our hearts um let's let's say three hail marys for the for the for the for the world um for the light for these bishops and cardinals that we speak about and uh the leaders of our church for ourselves and we are a people of hope the holy spirit will guide us we are not abandoned we're certainly far we're not abandoned the, the god is in, i i think that i remember having a priest tell me during confession that a lot of people think that when when there's temptation or when there's evil, when we're struggling, that it seems like God is is distant from us? He said, no, he he doesn't believe that at all. He said he believes God is extremely uh, close to us, even during the difficult times. Um, Sometimes he might might permit us to be tested. Uh, He might punish us like a good parent does, but he is intimately close to us. So let's, let's go now to Our Lady. Let's pray our three Hail Marys in Latin. And the reason why we pray in Latin is because we know from exorcists that the devil hates Latin. It's one of the sacred languages. It's one of the three languages that was nailed right? that, was, that was that was that was that was on the, the cross that redeemed us, right? Greek, Latin and, and Hebrew. So let's let's pray in Latin. Numini et fili et spiritus sancti amen. Ave Maria Gratia plena dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tuyacus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunca tenora mortis nos Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus. Benedictus fructus ventris tu iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunca tenora mortis nos Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus. Benedictus fructus ventris tu iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora Peccatoribus, Nunca Tenora, Mortis, Nostra Amen. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me during this conference call. I beg your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you all for calling. Catholic rest- wrestlers for Christ. Catholic wrestlers, spiritual strength. If you have any questions about this, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Um, we got to ask questions. we got to band together as brothers, especially during these tough times. Any questions, seriously, reach out. Let's talk about it because we need to come together. We need, our, we need us uh, Catholic brothers and sisters united. So hit, hit me up if you want to talk about any, any of this stuff. We'll talk again next week, same place, same channel. Take care. Have a good day. God bless you and your family. Bye.